0: This is Literally everything, 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 everything. It's time to cut off all communication with the outside world. Dust off your old VCR and gather your collection of mixtapes.
1: Then tease those bangs, put on your favorite pair of leg warmers. The nostalgia bug has bitten, and we're here to scratch the itch.
0: I'm Odell. I'm Erin. It's time to go back where we belong. Hello. What's going on?
1: Um, I don't know if this is because I'm getting older or what's happening, but I went Probably. antiquing this weekend, and mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. That was always for old people. But now I want, what I want is a cozy house up in Maine. That is filled with antique furniture and crap. And all right. Collectibles. I just think that sounds so lovely.
0: So you're basically one step away from being a cat lady. Because that's basically yes. all that's missing from that. That is <laughs> that <scenario>. exactly <laughs>
1: correct. Exactly correct. <laughs> I just think it would be amazing. But yes, I love antiquing now. Cause I'm 44. Awesome. Apparently, that's what we do. Evidently. Mm-hmm. How are you?
0: I'm good. I recorded an episode of my book podcast because I fell behind on recording those. So I decided I better get some in the bag. Then I ate lunch and was watching Real Housewives of Atlanta. And I was like, oh, shit, it's almost two o'clock. So I had to pause my episode so I could come and record.
1: I just finished literally 30 minutes ago, finished the movie that we were watching for this week. I love it when I (laughs) don't have to lead it. Right. Because all I have to do is watch it. So I can wait till morning of, so it's nice and fresh, whatever. And so we got home from Austin, where I was this weekend, and I was like, three hours. I gotta watch <laughs> the movie right now. But nice. I finished it and I'm, I have it fresh on my mind.
0: Well, I just watched it yesterday because usually since we started recording on Sundays now and I'm off at noon on Fridays, I take Friday afternoon to put my notes together. I record my book podcast, and then I watch the movie, and then I have a day to go through my notes again, and then we record. But this past Friday, I had a day of fun after work with my friend Lisa, so.
1: Nice. That pushes everything back.
0: It did. We went and had some Cuban food, and then we went and saw Barbie, and then we had <gasps> Frosé, and. Did you love Barbie? I liked oh no. Barbie. Oh, dear. I didn't I think I it didn't have the impact on me because the impactful parts I had already heard about. Oh. Like America Ferrera's big, big speech. speech. And I hate that the that's other been spoiled. Yeah. yeah. So those things I already knew so it didn't have the gut punch that I think it would have. I also right. feel like Will Ferrell was in a different movie.
1: Totally totally agree they could have gotten someone other than Will Farrell i totally I 100% he, agree every with
0: time his scenes came on it felt like we flipped the tone flipped yeah and it just didn't fit because he he's such a king of buffoonery almost. yes and it
1: was like a caricature whereas everyone else mm-hmm. in this was like genuinely wasn't ryan gosling so fr-? i mean obviously Marco robbie is a queen and right. was perfect but Ryan Gosling, I did not know what to expect as, from him as Ken. I love him. Mm-hmm. But oh my God, just that song. I'm just Ken. <laughs> right. Anywhere else that would be a ten. I mean, yeah. br- all of the Ken's. All yeah. of them. Were, I loved were
0: really Issa Rae. I love <gasps> Issa Rae anyway. Gosh, like, like so I love, did you ever watch funny. Insecure?
1: I never did. And I really it is,
0: want to. You need to. Like, I, it is so heard. good. So good. So funny. Mm-hmm. And it's, you can get through it easily because it's like half hour episodes. And I think there are only five seasons with 10 episodes each or something like yeah. that. Yeah. So no, I
1: need highly to.
0: Highly recommend watching watching that. Okay.
1: okay.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, let's get out of the present day. Yes. Let's travel back to 1992, July of 1992.
1: Yes, this,
0: At this point in time in my life, I was living back in Oregon. I had gone back because I was there in 91 for the summer, moved back to Idaho because I didn't have residency or whatever for college. And then I came back in June at the end of or middle of June for my cousin's graduation, Nikki's graduation in 92. So, and then I stayed there. Mm-hmm. And then I started college. So I remember seeing the movie, today's movie, Death Becomes Her, in the theater with my yes. aunt. Yeah. <laughs> oh. We were, it was just the two of us home. I think her husband was coaching like softball, they had practice. So the kids were at practice with him. I think Nikki was out on a date or something. So it was just me and my aunt Pam, and we're like, let's go to the movie. And so we thought this one looked funny and stupid because she liked the funny, stupid, silly movies. And we loved it. Um, evidently, I was off because I was working at the Golden Corral, so I didn't have to work that night. So we went to see a movie. Yeah.
1: I love that. Well, Odell,
0: we know exactly was, what you were doing. Do you know? I know can I give you a time, and you can tell me what you're doing at seven p.m. on July thirty first,
1: nineteen ninety two? Um, here is what I can tell you that I was doing at this time. I had just finished a summer uh, summer camp at the theater school. I know because it always went through this. Ours, I think at this time was June, July. Anyway, going, I was going into eighth grade this year. Okay. So I had finished doing the show Oliver. And this was the first show where from a director I had ever been told like that I was shit.
0: Oh, you were living wallpaper or whatever? I was.
1: Yes. I was living (laughs) wallpaper is the exact (laughs) quote. I'm so glad you remember that. Yes. Sticks in my mind. Like literally every time I. Been on stage since. Uh, and I haven't been on stage since I last did a show with you, but it stuck in my head every single time I got on stage. <laughs> I was just like, don't be wallpaper. Don't be wallpaper. <laughs> so I was coming out of that and then going into uh, my eighth grade year where I was like, finally, it's my last year at the Stabby School. This is right. great. Um, but then it also was the transition into like one of the worst years of my life. So this time right now,
0: At Mm -hmm. the end of
1: July, beginning of August was kind of like a cool down period. I had a lot of like really great close friends. Uh I had just, I was going into my final year at a school that where everyone wanted to kill me. I was, (laughs) I was done with my theater camp with the director who thought I was wallpaper. This was a very, a good time of year. I remember I did see this. Yes. I saw this in the theaters. I cannot remember who I was with, but I know I saw it in the theaters and I know that I, I loved it. I thought I, I w- always loved Goldie Hawn. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a whole lot of exposure, though, to Meryl Streep because right. all of her stuff had been dramas that a 13-year-old would not have been interested right.
0: in. Right. Same here.
1: Yeah. So this was my first kind of, oh, I knew she was an actress, of course, mm-hmm. but I didn't like know Meryl Streep. Right. And then of course I loved Bruce Willis. I mean, just yeah. because it's Bruce Willis.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I definitely didn't have the appreciation for Meryl Streep then that no. I do now. And I just mm-hmm. finished listening to an audiobook that she did, which is perfect. I love it. she
1: read what was it?
0: It was Tom Lake. It's by Ann Patchett. She's one of my favorite Uh-oh. authors. Uh-huh. Beautiful, beautiful work. Um, so yeah. I read the book. I finished reading the book yesterday morning. And then I was doing housework and I was like, I liked it so much. I want to hear. And then I found out that Meryl Streep had narrated it. So mm-hmm. i like, I want to, I have to hear her narrate this book. And she was phenomenal. So I listened I to the this. entire book again after finished reading it. Oh, my I listened gosh. to it all day yesterday. Yeah. I just laid on the couch and after finished doing chores and listened to it. It was wow. Amazing.
1: Your dedication well, is amazing to reading, by the way. What? Your dedication to reading is incredible.
0: You know what? Reading has helped my mental health. So much because I'm not distracted when I'm reading. Like when I'm watching a right. movie, I have my phone. I'm, you know, I, but when you're reading, you have to sit and you have to focus. Your mind can't wander. You're just focused. So it's very meditative.
1: Hmm. That is really nice.
0: All right. Going back to July 30th, July of 1992, the Summer Olympics were taking place in Barcelona.
1: I believe it's called Barcelona.
0: What? Barcelona? Is that what you said?
1: Barcelona.
0: Barcelona, like with a lisp.
1: Yes, that's how they say it over there.
0: Oh, Is, I don't it, know. That I, I can hate do that. it.
1: It makes me really <laughs> angry and upset. But that's how they say it over there, Barcelona. Okay, like well, good for lisp. them. I can't, I can't deal do it. with it. I know.
0: I know. Uh, 113 people died after Thai Airways International Flight 311 crashed into the mountain in Nepal. Oh,
1: God.
0: Is that Nepal? <laughs> <laughs> Is that supposed to say it?
1: <laughs> no, I think you said that one correctly. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. Yeah. Why did it crash? Just because it crashed? I don't know.
0: Yeah. I don't know.
1: That's like, I don't know why that was such a fear growing up. I don't know if you had the same experience, but I always thought like flying into a mountain could very easily happen. Yep. Walking into quicksand, obviously that was going to happen at some point. Like there were certain things that would happen in movies that I was like, what? Later on. Happens all the time. I'm like, I thought this would be a much bigger problem than it was.
0: On July 9th, Kim Basinger got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Haven't thought of her in a while. Haven't either. Haven't seen her in a while. No one has. <laughs> on July twenty second, Pablo Escobar, infamous drug lord, escaped from prison. Damn. On July from 26th, American prison. I guess U.S.
1: prison.
0: I don't know. I just said from prison. I didn't. <laughs> Do you like how I'm asking that. you
1: details about these events? <laughs>
0: <Right. laughs> <laughs> I wasn't working in the FBI, so I can't. If tell you, you that. could
1: expand, that'd be great. Okay.
0: Okay. Pablo on July twenty sixth, the Man of La Mancha closed after one hundred eight performances on Broadway.
1: Only a hundred and eight. Mm hmm. Wow.
0: And then on July 28th, Mary J. Blige released her debut album, What's the 411? Love me some MJB.
1: I love MJB. Have you heard her duet with you two on One? Yes. Really good.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. She sings a song, what is it, Fine, that Mm -hmm. just gets me going. Love it.
1: Her no drama using Mm -hmm. the, is it the Days of Our Lives or Young and the Restless? Like, it uses that lick throughout.
0: I think it's Young and the Restless.
1: I think it is. That cracks me up. But I remember her seeing that live and I was like, oh, okay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> okay, Mary J. Damn.
0: At the time, George W. Bush Sr. was the president of the United States and John Major was a prime minister of the United Kingdom. Some of the shows that we had on television included Life Goes On, a little Patty the action, Dinosaurs. Remember that <gasps> stupid show? <laughs>
1: Oh, my God. Yes, I do.
0: And it was on for so long.
1: I do remember that. Oh, my God. That baby. Yes. Ugh, so yes.
0: Uh, In Living Color, Married with Children, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Ugh. Blossom, Murphy Brown, Coach, Roseanne, Wonder Ugh. Years, Doogie Hauser M.D. was still on, Ugh. Mad About You, Wings, Family Matters, and Step by Step were all I think I
1: watched TV. all of those. Yeah.
0: At least some of the episodes I've saw of all of, of those shows.
1: Every single one, yes.
0: Texting wasn't a thing yet. Instead, people were still using good old landlines and pagers were, were pretty big back then.
1: Did you have a pager? The beeper.
0: I didn't until I started work when I moved to Texas. That was when I got my first
1: pager. Oh. Only
0: people that had pagers were drug dealers that I knew of. I... I had a pager. <laughs> Drug Not in eighth
1: grade, but two years later, I did have a pager.
0: Uh, most people at this time had never heard of the internet. Isn't that crazy? It was still up and coming, yeah. In fashion, many of the trends from the late 80s were still popular. So we had colored tights, denim overalls, leotards, flannel shirts, shoulder pads were still hanging in there. Grunge fashion was starting to become more mainstream. Oh, yes. Um, Band t-shirts were popular. Ripped jeans, mom jeans, and Doc Martens were all popular then.
1: They had some Doc Martens at this antique place that were (laughs) white and like zipper up. Kind of amazing. Kind of wanted them.
0: I remember wanting the ones with the um, English flag on the...
1: Yes. Yes. I don't oh, know why yes. I thought
0: those were so cool. Yeah. All right. Top 10 songs this week. Number 10, Wishing on a Star by Cover Girls. Don't remember that one. Hmm. Giving Him Something He Can Feel by En Vogue. Do remember that one. A little mm-hmm. sexy something. Uh, number eight, End of the Road by Boys to Men. Number seven, Life is a Highway by Tom Cochran. Oh. Why did I think that was Tom Petty that sang that?
1: Because you're dumb. I don't know why. <laughs> Number no six,
0: November Rain by Guns N' Roses. Ugh. Number five, Just Another Day by John Sicada. I remember I had John cicada's uh, CD and that's the only <laughs> popular song I think he ever had. And number four, everybody was doing The Achy Breaky Heart by Billy Ray oh, Cyrus. Bye,
1: heart. God, that song is so bad.
0: Mm-hmm. Number three, Baby, Baby, Baby by TLC. I think this was their first popular song. This is off the very first album of theirs that I had. Okay. Number two, This Used to Be My Playground by Madonna, the theme this from A League of Their Own. And at number song. one, Baby Got Back by Sir Mix Oh, bam. Can't go wrong with Baby bam. Got Back. I love it. So now going through the top 40, most mm-hmm. of the songs that I would add were already <laughs> on the playlist.
1: <laughs> yes. I had to keep checking the playlist and I was like, damn it.
0: Like I was going to put, this used to be my playground, but I'm like, well, if we watch A League of our Own, our new rule is like, wanna so, use so I left yes. that one out. So I'm going with Baby Got Back, which was at okay, number one. Good, 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 good. And I'm going to go with number 20, Tennessee.
1: What was Tennessee? I don't know that one.
0: You will remember it if you heard it, and I didn't put down who sang it. Okay. But you will remember it if you heard it.
1: Okay, Tennessee number twenty. It's a uh, uh, Arrested Development. Yes. Okay. Yes, we actually, as we were pulling into Houston today, Friday, "I'm in Love" came on, and whenever it comes on. <laughs> There's that part where I say he's constipated. (laughs) And so I always do that. (laughs) So I heard that. And then when I saw it on the list, I was like, well, obviously that's what I'm going to put on.
0: Right. So last episode that I did, I went over some of the things that were happening on One Life to Live in 1980, back Mm -hmm. when I did fame. I also gave some wrong information on some of the characters. Oh, no. (laughs) Mostly around Vicky. Because I had said that she was a wolek, but she wasn't. She was a Lord.:
1: Of course. Hello.
0: So I, I don't of know course. why. That popped into my head one day, and I was like, "Wait a minute, I think I me- mixed that up. So I found a website called Soap Central that gives full oh. breakdowns and storylines that specific characters go through. So I thought okay. today we'd spend some time looking at all the shit the Victoria Lord. Banks or Buchanan, she had so many different last names. Went through on okay. One Life to Live during oh my God. the go. character's career. All right, yes. Now we all know Vicki Lord Buchanan Banks as Erica Erica Slays. Wait, who didn't? Did
1: she marry a Banks?
0: I guess that was the final she wasn't final dude. Always a
1: Buchanan?
0: No, and that I found makes that me out. Really sad. Like right before um, the show stopped. So Erica Slezak was not always Vicky. In 1968, when One Life to Live started, it was a woman named Jillian Spencer who played her. And then for one year, a woman named Joanne Dorian played her. And then Erica Slezak from 1971 to January 13th, 2012. And then I guess she took a slight, well, that's when it was, went off the air. And then they brought it back for online only in right. April of 2013 for a few episodes. Right. There were a few temporary replacements while well, she had some time off for various things. So a woman named Christine Jones temporarily replaced her in 1981. A woman named Judith Barcroft temporarily replaced her in 1986, and then Amanda Davies played Vicky as a teenager in flashbacks in a storyline in 2003.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Some of the occupations that Vicky had on One Life to Live, One Life to Live.
1: One Life to Live. <laughs> know, was
0: that hard to say. <laughs> she was once a waitress at the Bonjour Cafe in Paris, Texas. That must have been a storyline. I don't remember.
1: Brilliant. Owner and
0: publisher of The Banner, which I mostly oh, yes. knew her as. She was also the former president of Landview University, a member uh-huh. of the board of directors of Landview Hospital. At one time, she was the mayor of Landview in 1990. I vaguely remember that. And then she was a former reporter and executive assistant to the editor at The Banner. Of course, we all know Vicky lived at Landfair. Yes. I feel like I need to have my house have a name. Absolutely. First, I need a bigger house, though.
1: No, you don't. I think it's even better if you don't have a big house. You don't need anything. Believe.
0: And <laughs> just believe it's big.
1: Just believe. So yes.
0: Vicky had several marriages and divorces annulments So her first marriage was to Roger Gordon and it was annulled. Then okay, Joe yeah. she was married to Joe Riley from 1969 to 1970 and then he's presumed dead, so she was presumed to be a widow. Mm-hmm. Then mm-hmm. from 1972 to 74 she was married to Steve Burke and got divorced, then Joe Riley from 74 to 79 and she was widowed. Then she married Clint Buchanan. And they were married from 1982 to 1985. Then they got divorced. Then they got remarried from 1986 to 1994, and then they got divorced again. I didn't realize they got divorced.
1: I yeah. I started watching it. I think in 1984, 1994.
0: I mean, so they were married 82 to 85, and then 86 to 94.
1: Watching it, that couldn't have been long. That that wasn't forever.
0: I remember that Clint married someone named Nora.
1: Oh, I remember Nora. But yeah. Nora also married Clint's brother Bo. That was the big one, Bo and Nora. That was huge. Okay. Well, oh, so I then I loved Nora. Oh my gosh, she was just amazing and she could almost outcry Vicky. She was incredible.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so then she married Sloan Carpenter in 1994 and then he died in 1980 1980- 1995. Then she married someone named Ben Davidson in 2000, and he died in 2004. And then she married Charlie Banks. They were engaged in 2009, got married in August of 2009, and they divorced on May 11th, 2011. And then she was engaged again to Clint.
1: Wow. Okay, so she was going to end up with Clint.
0: Right. Some of her relatives, so Victor Lord was her father. Eugenia Randolph was her mother. Meredith Lord Wolek was her half sister. So her sister married. That's Wolek. where you
1: got the Wolek.
0: Yes. Tony Lord was her half brother, mm-hmm. and then Tina. I said Tina was her daughter. Tina was her half sister. Yeah. Yeah. And then remember Todd Manning. She found out <sighs> later that he was her half brother.
1: Oh, Todd.
0: Mm-hmm. He, he was ended up haughty. didn't
1: he end up getting with Blair who was Max, Max's wife. God, yeah. Max was so hot. Yeah. And I think they got married in real life and are still married. Okay. One of them may be dead. I don't know, but continue.
0: <laughs> Some of her children, Megan Gordon, you remember Megan? I, and she died. She had lupus.
1: <laughs> oh my God, yeah. That does sound really familiar. And she
0: died in the hospital. And her, the dude she was with, I forget his name, he had kind of longer hair, but people had written her notes on hearts, and he put them all on the tree outside of her hospital room. Oh and my he god! He held yes. her up and walked her to the window. Yes. And she oh my in god. Arms. Yes,
1: yes, yes. <laughs> oh my god. Yes. Oh my gosh. God, this is me. I miss soaps so much.
0: <laughs> right. Then she had a son with Joe Kevin Lord Riley Buchanan Senior and another son with Joe, Joseph Francis Riley Buchanan. I don't remember either of them. I remember Jessica Buchanan because oh, she yes. was the daughter with Clint and yes. then Natalie Buchanan was another daughter. I don't remember Natalie. She had an affair with a man named Ted Clayton, another affair with Tom Dennison and another affair with Harrison Brooks. Now here's where we get interesting with Vicky. Um, she committed a few crimes over the as years Vicky as one or would as expect. Nikki. Yeah. Well, okay. kind of both. So she shot Victor Lord in the arm under the influence of her alter ego, Nikki Smith, in 1969. She was believed to have murdered her father under the influence of alter ego, Tori, in 1976. And then she was arrested and charged with murdering Marco Dane, but later exonerated in 1978. She was arrested for failing to reveal her source after publishing a story about a baby switch at Landview Hospital in 1982. She killed Johnny D. Hesser under the influence of alter ego Nikki Smith in 1990. She kidnapped Dorian and held her prisoner in yes. the secret room at Landfair under the influence of alter ego Gene Randolph in 1995. I remember that yes,
1: one. Yes, I absolutely remember that.
0: She set la- fire to Lanfair under the influence of alter ego Tori in 1995.
1: Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then
0: various crimes against Ben and Natalie, including pushing Ben out a window as Nikki um in August of 2002, Some of her all I love that Nikki
1: kept coming back.
0: <laughs> I know. Alternate personalities, Nikki Smith, a carefree party girl, sexually promiscuous. Oh yeah. She also, um, Tommy, an angry teenage boy, mm-hmm. Jean Randolph, a control freak and gatekeeper of all the personalities. Mm-hmm. a Princess, who is a young girl who suffered the abuse of Victor as a child. <sighs> Tori, a cunning young adult version of Vicky, who tried to kill Victor in the seventies, and then Victor Lord, a representation of her father, who tried to convince Vicki to kill herself. Some other <laughs> things. So, so she idiot. was sexually assaulted by Mitch Lawrence in 1986. She suffered memory loss in 87. She developed a brain, brain aneurysm in 1987. She was shot and suffered a stroke in 1990. I remember that. Yep. She donated a kidney to daughter Megan in 1992, but Megan mm-hmm. still died.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: She was diagnosed with breast cancer and had a mastectomy in 2000. She suffered a mild heart attack in 2004, received a heart transplant in 2004. She Damn. died in a car accident and, and was revived by Dorian in 2008, god, and then she yes. was shot by Allison Perkins in 2012. Oh my god. She went through a lot of shit.
1: She has been through it all. How many, do you know how many Emmys she won cuz she
0: A lot. She
1: was not the Susan Lucci by any means of the daytime Emmys.
0: No. Like if she was kind of like the Meryl Streep of Yes, like she if was. she was nominated, she was winning.
1: She was so good.
0: She mm-hmm. always reminded
1: me, speaking of uh, just flashing back to the beginning of this episode, she always reminded me of the director who told me I was living wallpaper. <laughs> <laughs> she always reminded me of her whenever I watch. I, I, I don't know why, what it was because they I think it was the nose. I don't know, something. She
0: was in one of my favorite Hallmark Christmas movies. That I watched last year. Um, she plays the ant. And what's funny is Leah Thompson, who was oh on gosh. last year's, she's yes. on it. And then Christopher Lloyd is also on there. So we had a little Back to the Future.
1: Oh, wow. Oh, well, that's sweet. Yes. That's sweet.
0: All right. Before the break, we've got to look at the Sweet Valley High of the month. So the weekend that this movie was released, there was a Sweet Valley High Superstar book. It was Superstar okay. number 5. Uh-huh. Never read any of these, but this one was titled Todd's Story. And here's the synopsis. (laughs) Okay. When Todd Wilkins and his girlfriend Elizabeth Wakefield land jobs as counselors at Seca Lake Day Camp, the summer is off to a great start until Todd runs into a counselor named Kevin Holmes. Everyone else thinks Kevin is terrific, including Elizabeth. But Todd knows Kevin's secret. Kevin was in jail, and (gasps) Todd helped put him there.
1: Oh, no.
0: Todd suspects that Kevin wants revenge, even though Kevin acts as if he's turned over a new leaf. When Kevin's around, Todd becomes edgy, defensive, and rude. Soon, even Elizabeth is siding with Kevin. But when a crime wave hits Sweet Valley, Todd knows he was right all along. Can Todd expose Kevin's criminal scheme before Kevin gets his revenge and hurts Elizabeth in the process?
1: Oh my god,
0: my bet is that he can. (laughs) He probably did. You know what he probably did? What? He put Kevin on the back of his motorcycle and then hired Crunch McAllister to get into okay. his purple van and run him off the road Crunch. again.
1: <laughs> I was really hoping that you were going to say it was the first gay love story.
0: <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing?
1: Between Kevin and Todd. Damn it.
0: Will Todd oh my get God. I Kevin I feel like sex before <laughs> Elizabeth <laughs> finds out?
1: <laughs> I feel like, I mean, because this was the height of me reading. Sweet Valley High. I was still doing it like 89 to 93. Those were the big mm-hmm. ones. Yeah. See,
0: I gave up like right after years. when I started going into college, I had kind of lost my, cause they just started feeling repetitive. <laughs> yeah. Kind of lost interest. Plus, I was an adult then. And I couldn't be reading high school <laughs> stuff. They were in high school for like 27 years. So as juniors, no I'm less. I'm not going
1: to lie. You telling me about Todd's story, guess what I really want to read right now?
0: Todd's story Todd story. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you get Kindle Unlimited, you can read all of the Sweet Valley High books on your phone or on a iPad or whatever.
1: Ugh, I want a bookshelf that's just Sweet Valley High. <laughs> that's what I want. Paper copies of it. Mm-hmm what was the did you say there was another one or that was the no, only one was released that, that was the one oh, that okay out. that was the I one.
0: think there was one like this was right at the end of the month so I chose that one right. because it was literally released the next day the same weekend that this movie oh, gotcha. was out so alright let's take a break and then we'll chat about the movie When a novelist loses her man to a movie star and former friend, she winds up in a psychiatric hospital. Years later, she returns home to confront the now-married couple, looking radiant. Her ex-husband's new wife wants to know her secret and discovers that she has been taking a mysterious drug, which grants eternal life to the person who drinks it. The actress follows suit, but discovers that immortality has a price. So Death Becomes Her was released on July 31st, 1992. Going into that weekend, the top movies were at number 10, A Stranger Among Us. Don't know what that is, but it was distributed by Walt Disney Studios.
1: Sounds really familiar. I don't know why I know that, but that sounds really familiar.
0: At number nine, we had Prelude to a Kiss with Meg Ryan.
1: I hated that movie. Yeah, it was stupid. I expected so much because it was Kevin Klein as well. Mm-hmm. I expected so much more. Yeah, Stranger Among Us. That was with Melanie Griffith. I thought so.
0: Okay. So it must have been a Touchstone because Walt yeah, Disney was Touchstone. A, yeah,
1: it's a um, cop, you know.
0: Got it. Because I saw Walt Disney. I was like, that sounds a little dark for that Disney, is, but that is I forgot very that weird. they own Touchstone. Yeah. Uh, number eight Batman Returns, the best one ever.
1: Which one was that one?
0: That was the Michelle Pfeiffer cat
1: <gasps>
0: woman one.
1: Amazing. I don't care who they ever get to play catwoman. In my mind no one will ever beat Michelle Pfeiffer mm-hmm. in that role. She was so incredible.
0: And number 7 Unlawful Entry, don't remember that. I don't either. And number 6 Universal Soldier, I think that was the one about the toys, right? Oh no. Maybe. At number five, Boomerang. All I think about Boomerang, when I hear Boomerang, are the toes. <laughs> when he takes off the bedspread and the I do, yeah. toes are all <laughs> crusty. <laughs> at number four, Sister Act.
1: Oh, God, I love that movie.
0: Number three, A League of Their Own. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. At
0: number two, Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. And at number one, Mo Money. Okay. So all when right. Death Becomes League Her, League of Their premier, Own is the
1: best one on that list. Mm-hmm. In my
0: Death Becomes Her premiered at number one the weekend it opened. Other movies opening that weekend included Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which premiered at number five, and Bebe's Kids, which premiered at number seven. Death Becomes Her was released by Universal Pictures, had a budget of $55 million, and grossed 12112000 its opening weekend, and then ended with a worldwide gross of $149 million and some change.
1: Good job, y'all.
0: It has a 55% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and a 61% audience score. The critics' consensus reads, Han and Streep are as fabulous as Death Becomes Her's innovative special effects. Zemeckis' satire, on the other hand, is as hollow as the world it mocks." I do not agree with that. I think it is campy. I think it's hilarious.
1: I don't think it's meant to be taken seriously in any way. Like, not even worth a bad review, y'all. It's just, it's just <laughs> fun. It's supposed it's like, to be fun. That's what
0: it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be campy, supposed yeah. to be stupid. There's nothing highbrow about it. It's not meant no. to be. Get the stick out of your ass. Have some yes. fun. My God. So the movie was directed by Robert Zemeckis, also known for Romancing the Stone, the Back to the Future series, Forrest Gump, Contact, What Lies Beneath, Castaway, Polar Express, and most recently, the live-action Pinocchio.
1: And he did A Christmas Carol.
0: The Mm -hmm. Christmas Carol. He did Beowulf. Like, all of his movies are some sort of special effect innovation involved in them.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: The movie starred Goldie Hawn as Helen, Meryl Streep as Madeline, and Bruce Willis as Dr. Ernest Menville. I feel like I don't Mm -hmm. need to bother going into everything they've starred in. They're pretty big names. Yeah. We also had Isabella Rosalini, who played a small the small part of Liesl von Ruhman, the witchy woman who gives them the drink of immortality.
1: And you know who her mom is in mm. real life. Did you know who her mom is? I Ingrid Bergman. Yes, 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 yes. And she was married. I think, was she married or just with? She used to be with Gary Oldman for a while. Hmm. That's all I know about Isabella Rosalini, <laughs> is Gary Oldman and her mom.
0: So... We both mentioned that we saw this. I saw it in the theater. Did you see it in the theater? Yeah, I
1: saw it in the theater. Yeah.
0: And did you like it when you first saw it?
1: I did. I thought it was just fun.
0: It was. It was so much
1: fun. I remember this time around, like it grossed me out a little more than it did then. But the main thing I remember like when I saw it this time was the big hole in her. Mm -hmm. And it showed them through the hole. I remember Mm -hmm. that being like, Special effects wise, Right. like oh my gosh, how can they do this? Well, just yeah, I whole, loved it when I first saw it.
0: The whole fight thing, like what they were doing, like smashing each other's heads my in.
1: Gosh!
0: And when Meryl Streep fell down the stairs, and she gets up and she's trying to walk. I remember we were yes. dying in the theater when that was happening. She's like, "My ass! I can see my ass!"
1: Yes, yes. We thought
0: that was the funniest damn thing
1: ever. And those- those stair falls were the longest sequence that's
0: what because i'm saying like it's so multiple it's campy stairs. like it's, it's so, so campy so ridiculous yes. i absolutely loved it and she fell yeah. down those stairs forever <laughs>
1: forever <laughs> forever which just
0: made it just makes it hilarious when yes. you're watching it because it's like those stairs weren't that long, but she fell for like a good five minutes. It felt like
1: absolutely. Oh my gosh,
0: so freaking I loved funny. the dude when she goes in to get a touch up because she finds out that Helen is having a book release party and she has to look amazing for it. Yes,
1: with the eyes.
0: <laughs> I, he kept twitching. I, I never noticed that before.
1: Yeah. I don't know if I had noticed it, but it definitely this time. I mean, it was cracking me up.
0: Yes. And then yes. when
1: he like gets them to straighten out a little bit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then they start freaking out again. Yes. Anything, like what was your favorite scene in the entire movie?
1: Oh my god. Um I rem- well, one scene I remember really well is when she first takes the potion, she goes to the mirror. And you see her ass tighten up and then her boobs lift. Mm-hmm. I remember that being like a very impactful moment for me. Mm-hmm. But then I loved when they made up and they were like a team after that. Right. I loved that. That cracked me up, like seeing them work together. I loved mm-hmm. that more than them working separately.
0: Right. Yeah. Cause it kind of like the whole thing is kind of a play on. The famous old Hollywood feuds, like yes. Betty Batme- or not No. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: <laughs> Betty oh, Davis
0: and, and, and um, Joe uh, Crawford, Crawford. Like, yes, famous feud. For, you know, so these were like two friends who have always they've always been frenemies because Madeline Meryl Streep's character always stole Helen's boyfriend. Yes, and so she's hesitant to have Madeline meet her fiance, who is Bruce Willis, this famous plastic surgeon, because she's afraid that Madeline's going to take him. And then Madeline ends up doing just that. And so then Helen becomes the stereotypical fat woman with a bunch of cats. She's um, committed to a psychiatric facility. And then all of a sudden, seven years later, she comes back with a book and they find out that she's amazing and beautiful, which prompts Madeline to go get go to the secret place that her plastic surgeon told her to go to, where she drinks the elixir that gives her eternal life. But there's a warning. I love that part.
1: Now there's a warning? (laughs) a warning.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You have to take care of your body because you can have eternal life. And what she finds out after falling down the stairs for 20 minutes and breaking her neck (laughs) that she will stay alive, but her body then is dead. Yep. Which is then when she needs Bruce Willis, To spray paint her to make her look like she's alive. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. But then she tries to kill Helen. And Helen resurrects because she, too, we find out has taken the potion. And then the two are forced to work together because they realize we can't kill each other. We're going to be on this earth forever. They try to get Bruce Willis to take the potion so he can be around to spray paint them and make them look good.
1: He refuses.
0: He dies and the two of them are left to spray paint each other's asses, basically.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. They're so gross by the end. They're, it's And they look exactly like
0: they reminded me of, you know, when we would when we were at the theater and we had paint sets and you just put right. another coat of paint over the previously yes. used yes. Um, wall that had been used. Yep. And eventually there's so many coats of paint on there that they just start bubbling. And yes. Flaking off. And that's exactly what these two yes. look like at the end, which was the effects hilarious. were
1: incredible.
0: They were for being in 92.
1: Yes, they were yeah. incredible. Mm-hmm. I don't think Robert Zemeckis gets enough credit. No, I think but they it's one it of like look at his body of work, but you never hear his name mentioned along with Spielberg or James Cameron or any right. of the big ones. You never hear Robert Zemeckis.
0: Mm-mm. So it's some fun incredible. fracks, fun fracks, fun, fun facts. Fracks. <laughs> Meryl Streep accidentally scarred Goldie Hawn's cheek with a shovel during the fight scene.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> right. This is according to IMDb. Right. At one point. So when Madeline goes to meet Liesl to get the the drink. Right. Liesl asks Madeline, how old do you think I am? And Madeline says 38. And Liesl gives her a dirty look. Well, yeah, Isabella right. Rosalini was 39 at the time of filming. So it was kind Bloody of like God, a little play she,
1: on Nice. <laughs> nice. She looked incredible for 39. Mm-hmm. Damn.
0: They had built a pneumatic bra to create the effect where Meryl Streep's breasts become higher and firmer after drinking the potion, but the effect didn't look realistic enough. So in order to get the shot... They had Meryl Streep's dresser stand behind her out of sight of the camera and pushed her boobs up into position when they needed her to do it.
1: (laughs) Shut up. That's amazing.
0: Yep. The scene where the resurrected Madeline confronts Ernest, um, Meryl Streep had to wear a blue screen hood over her head and then walk backwards. And then they superimposed her head. Okay. Okay. Um this wow. was the first film that used photorealistic human skin software. Oh. Yeah. He pioneered that.
1: Wow.
0: I did read too that Meryl Streep loves the movie, but she says she will never work on another movie that requires so many special effects because it was so mm-hmm. difficult because she was often acting to like a lamp or some right. a stand-in. Right. And so she she's more of someone who plays off of other people. Right. A few more fun facts from TVtropes.org. Kevin Klein was considered for earnest, but he asked for too much money.:
1: Ah, oh, I could' and have then, seen that easily. Mm-hmm,
0: and then Jeff Bridge's auditioned but was turned down. Ah oh, okay. Earlier versions of the script, I thought these were really fun. There were a number of scenes and plot elements that never made it into the film, so in its first iteration, the screenplay didn't resemble the final film at all. It was closer to a gender-flipped version of All of Me, and it's been years since I saw All of Me.
1: I remember loving All of Me. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen that in ages.
0: Right. But in it, Madeline was an aging Broadway star with a young male entourage. Ernest was a successful Beverly Hills plastic surgeon, and Helen was a doctor, Helen Shaw. Oh, okay. And only a side character. Then Liesl was an ordinary woman who specialized in exclusive beauty treatments, and she made Madeline, but only Madeline, immortal, not through magic, but by transferring a curse. And the curse was a foul mouthed ghost named Bert. She transferred Bert into Madeline's body, explaining that he had inhabited her body for 130 years um, to prevent him from going to hell, and she was tired of it. Because she was ready to go. She had lived long enough, right. but yeah. you won't age when you have Bert's ghost living inside you. So right. when Madeline died, when Ernest pushed her down the stairs, Bert reanimated her body and prevented her from decomposing. And then the rest of the script saw Madeline and Bert fighting for control of her body.
1: Interesting. Did they have a cast or anything set up for that? Like, do we know?
0: I don't know.
1: How far it went? Wow. Yeah. All right.
0: Let's see what else. The second version of the screenplay was closer to the final film, but had a subplot where Ernest befriends a kind female bartender named Tony, who was played by Tracy Ullman. And in the ending of that, Ernest flees with Tony um, with the potion, and she helps him escape Madeline and Helen by faking his death. And then the two of them run away and start a new life together. And then the final scene of the movie showed Madeline and Helen vacationing in the Swiss Alps, still young and beautiful, but completely bored and miserable with their lives. They're very snarky toward an elderly couple who are walking along holding hands, and then it's revealed that it's Tony and Ernest, and they know it's Ernest because his right hand, where she put the potion in, was still smooth and youthful.
1: Um, So it showed that
0: Ernie found true happiness in old age while Madeline and Helen were still vain, unhappy, but still stuck together. And then that oh. ending was scrapped for, in favor of the darker theatrical ending. Right. And to, Tracy Ullman did um, shoot some scenes for the film. They kept her character in there, but then they ended up scrapping her before the final version was released. Oh. There was one scene that was cut when Ernest entered the morgue looking for Madeline after he takes her to the hospital and then they take her down to the morgue. And he's like, the morgue, she'll be furious.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He was supposedly distracted by a drawer holding the body of a priest. And the drawer kept opening on its own repeatedly, which explains the crying nuns in the hallway when he goes down there. Remember those nuns are floating by? Yeah, Um, But then it's like, what were they doing down there? So that kind of helped explain why the nuns were down in the morgue in the first place. Also, he was suddenly convinced that Madeline's resurrection was a miracle and a sign from God because the priest was there. So that would tie that piece together. There was also a draft of the film where it was hinted that Liesel was actually Cleopatra. So that explains the Egyptian symbols on the box that held the potion. Okay. And then there was also another proposed ending for the film where Madeline and Helen steal a car at Liesel's and chase after Ernest. And then they drive off a cliff and crash with a fiery explosion, which is... (gasps) What they Gary, were planning, and Louise. right? Well, they were also planning. That's what Helen initially went to Ernest to try to kill Madeline and drive right. her off a cliff. So this was kind yeah. of like hearken back to that. But then after that happened, you'd see Madeline and Helen's burnt skeletons crawling out of the car and trying oh to walk God. up the mountain.
1: <laughs>
0: so that's, that's amazing. Some stuff that was um, left out.
1: I love that. That's all stuff that I could have easily seen in it. I love what mm-hmm. they did with it. I think yeah. that it just, they didn't need any of that other stuff. I would have loved to see Ernest walking down the Alps with his yeah. wife. Yeah. Right. I would have, loved we, and, to have seen that. Yeah.
0: I would have, I wish they would have left Tracy Ullman in there because I love her anyway.
1: I not yes. She was like
0: a friend that, because he was so sad. He didn't have anything. Like mm-hmm. he was just hand-packed by both of these women. It mm-hmm. would have been nice to have him grounded. And because it was established that he drank a lot, obviously, right? Um, when you're henpecked as much as he was, but to have a friend at the bar that kind of he was able to go to who yeah. helped him escape, and then he found love with her. I mean, they kind of tied up his life at the end when they were doing he his eulogy.
1: I mean, he found you know eternal youth and his and his children and his grandchildren. And he found, I mean, it was a very beautiful
0: mm-hmm. service
1: that he was having. But yeah, that would have been nice to actually see him right. happier. Yes, poor Ernest.
0: First line of the movie: Can you believe that a musical version of Sweet Bird of Youth? So this is when <laughs> they're going to see Madeline on Broadway in her some musical that everyone was. What I loved was everyone was walking out, like yes. in the middle of the theater. Some people were asleep. Yeah. The only person that was totally transfixed by her was Ernest. But
1: Ernest is like, woo! <laughs> Wooing. <laughs> I remember the last one. Wait. Do you know where you parked the car? Do you
0: remember where you parked Do the you car? remember yes. where you parked the car? After they fell down the stairs and they had so much paint on them that they cracked and broke and their heads were just <laughs> <That's> sitting there. <laughs> oh,
1: they totally like shattered. <laughs> oh my God. That was amazing. Oh, they were so gross looking. I cannot get over... How some of these effects were so gross, gross, gross!
0: Like their eyebrows were all crooked and shit. I loved that. (laughs) I did read that they want to do, or Jessica Chastain wants to do a remake of this with her and Anne Hathaway. Oh my god, that
1: would be so good!
0: Yeah, was people were surprised for like what movie? Because Jessica Chastain can basically get anything made now. They're like, what movie do you want to do? And she's like, actually, I just had a conversation with. And Hathaway about how fun it would be if we remade Death Becomes Her. Oh
1: my God, that would be amazing.
0: And I think I feel like they have so much more to work with even now because I mean, no shame to those people who like their Botox and whatnot. You do you, you do what you yes, need to do of to course, feel pretty. Of
1: course. But
0: sometimes people go too far and it's just scary.
1: Sometimes it's a little out of hand.
0: And I feel like we're in it's even worse in that whole culture is even heightened more heightened now than it was in the -hmm. 90s so i feel like they have a lot that they could play with
1: oh absolutely
0: all right let's take a quick break okay Okay, any other thoughts on the movie there's not a whole lot to dissect with this one it's pretty i mean we went through the whole i mean plot yeah there's
1: it's just fun. It is. It's just fun. Like if you want a movie where you don't have to pay a whole lot of attention, but whenever you look up, you're gonna see something funny, right? And something bizarre. Yeah. It's just fun. It's just fun. That's the only way to describe this movie. Yeah. Like there's nothing no regret about seeing it. it. No. 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 No regret seeing it in the theater. No regret, like taking an hour and a half, two hours out of my day to watch it. Like it's just. Hmm. It's, you know what? It's F-U-N. That is what it, it is. is. Whatever that freaking re- reviewer is. <laughs> oh, man.
0: I want to do a, um, an A to Z conversation as Helen and Madeline.
1: Okay. Does it matter so, which ones? What? Who do you want? Um, I'm
0: going to be Helen. You'll be Madeline. Okay. So I'm Goldie Han, you you're. Meryl Meryl Streep,
1: obviously. (laughs) Just I,
0: I did that because obviously she's a great actress, not wallpaper. So it'll make you feel better about yourself. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. (laughs) Um, this is they've already established that we're gonna, we have to take care of each other forever. So we may as well get along.
1: Odell, this is my dream with you. Okay, go on. (laughs) Really, this should just be Aaron and Odell having a conversation.
0: All right, so I'll start. Okay. Asses on backwards, Madeline.
1: Butts are everything, <laughs> Helen.
0: <laughs> Can't believe you would go out of the house with your ass on backwards again.
1: Don't you know that I would?
0: Everyone knows.
1: Fridays are the best days to be backwards, I always say.
0: God damn it. Why are you always changing the topic when I'm trying to make things better for you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> you don't make anything better.
0: I certainly do.
1: Just look at you and your chipping chin.
0: Karen said my chin is beautiful.
1: Lies.
0: (laughs) Maybe you need a mirror to look at your chin.
1: Never. Never, I say.
0: Oh, but I think you better.
1: Excuse me?
0: (laughs) Quick, she's lost her mind. (laughs)
1: Right on, Bish. (laughs) Right on.
0: Sit down. We need to give you a lobotomy.
1: The hell you won't.
0: (laughs) Um, but I think you need one.
1: (laughs) Vacuum cleaner. Running again. (laughs) What? Vivian. Vivian. Come over here and talk to Ellen.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Who is Vivian?
1: Xylophone Vivian? <coughs> Xenophobic Vivian? You don't know her?
0: Yes, I totally do. I hate her.
1: zippity doo brother.
0: <laughs> I feel like we need to go through a dictionary and find some more X and Z <laughs> words because we always get stuck. I brought up
1: xenophobe.
0: You did. That was better. I got we, out oh, of it. We've used xylophone the last two times.
1: We have. This, I don't know. I, I want to go by the rules of the road, like when we play the ABC game, where uh-huh. X, like if you find Exxon, exit, like anything that starts with that X sound, uh-huh. then you're allowed to use it. I think okay. Should, I think we should allow that or look up a, some X words. Uh, and see I have words a, dictionary. a dictionary.
0: Maybe I should use my dictionary that I, that I have. Probably. All right. How about we do a little trivia? Oh,
1: crap. Yeah.
0: And these, I made these on myself. They're all Damn around it. the stars of the movie. So hopefully they're not okay. too difficult.
1: Okay. Okay. All right. Let's do this.
0: All right. First one In which TV variety show did Goldie Hawn appear in for 60 laughin. episodes? Yes.
1: Thank
0: you. <laughs> Rowan and Martin's laughing, to be exact.
1: Oh, jeez. Whatever. <laughs> laughing.
0: Which movie did Meryl Streep star in alongside Roseanne Barr in the
1: 80s? Oh, oh, damn. She. She Devil.
0: Yes. Oh, yes.
1: Meryl Streep, what was going on? <laughs> I know. Good Lord. Okay, go on.
0: What are the names of Goldie Hawn's two children who are also actors?
1: Kate and Oliver Hudson. Yes. Thank you.
0: Shouldn't have even started.
1: Nope. Hmm. We'll just make that out.
0: In which film did Meryl Streep portray a character named Cousin Topsy?
1: Oh, Cousin Topsy? Oh God, I I don't know.
0: Mary Poppins returns.
1: Of damn it, I totally forgot she was in that. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right,
0: last one. How right. many albums did Bruce Willis release between 1987 and 2001? And you only get one choice.
1: <laughs> oh shit! Uh four. Nope. What was it? Three. Damn it! That was
0: my second They were Return of Bruno in 1987, If It Don't Kill You, It Just Makes You Stronger in 1989, and then 2001's Classic Bruce Willis, The Universal Masters Collection.
1: Wow. Yeah. Classic Bruce Willis, no <laughs> less. Okay. Okay. Well, I got three of them.
0: You did get three. Yay, me. All right. Before we head out, ooh, it was a shorter episode today. Look at us being all special. Love we're going to spin the wheel. Okay, I, get, I chose 1983 to 1985. Aaron will spin three times and I'll choose one of three.
1: Right. Shuffled and spinning now. Our first choice is Vision Quest. Oh, I have. 1985. Started. Okay. Okay. And. Spinning, spinning, spinning. Second choice is <laughs> Summer Rental 1985. Okay. And it is spinning. Our third choice is journey of natty gan 1985 oh,
0: i haven't seen that in years you know what i'm gonna choose why did it stick with 1985 over all of them
1: i don't know because i do have all the other years on here
0: <laughs> i'm gonna go with vision quest okay matthew modine wrestler crazy for you is the love theme from that movie
1: okay i don't, I think, don't think
0: i ever watched it
1: i don't think i did either
0: and it's funny because it was on iTunes for four ninety nine the other day, and I was like, "Oh, I wonder if I should buy that because we'll probably it's probably going to be on our list." Oh, okay. And I saw that it has like a seventy something percent Rotten Tomatoes score. So
1: oh,
0: okay, it must be pretty good. But it's about a wrestler, so
1: well, good deal. Yeah, we'll
0: jump into one that neither of us have seen from nineteen eighty five. A little vision quest next week okay. is Edward Scissorhands.
1: Yes. Looking forward to that one. I'm very
0: excited. All right. Well, thanks for being here with us today, folks. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. Please be sure to tell all of your friends about us, especially any fellow Gen Xers.
1: And don't forget to follow us on social media and your favorite podcast app. And be sure you're set to auto-download so you never miss an episode. And while you're there, leave us a five-star rating. Don't forget to visit
0: backwherewebelong.com to gain access to our ultimate playlists, pick up some merch, and do a deeper dive into all of our episodes. Thanks again.
1: We'll see you next week.